Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I, I love that story. I love the reality of that story, how true it is, how God transforms our lives. Amen? There's just a reality that happens when we connect with God. God's desire is to make a difference in us, not, not to leave us like we are, right? And sometimes that gets uncomfortable, and sometimes that's frustrating because we have to change, but there are changes that are good. And I love what Jeff said, uh, really powerful, is that it's all process. It's all progress. Uh, we have a saying around here that it's not about perfection, it's about progress. As long as we're seeing progress, we're reaching for perfection, that's great. Excellence is a value that we have here at Journey, but um, it's more important that we're making progress, and that's true of our faith. As long as you're growing in the Lord, you're not becoming stagnant and going backwards, and that's so important. And so, man, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your story, and it shows and examples the power of a story. Now, what can't be taken away from that story is we can't look at Jeff and go, oh, that didn't happen to you. I mean, you could say that, but you're the one that's wrong. Jeff, Jeff is like saying, this is what happened to me. This is what made me different. This is how I am today because of what Jesus did in my life and what he's doing in my life and where I'm going in my life. There's nothing, no one can take the power of your story away from you. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, that's why it's so important that we understand that we are called to share our story. We're in this series called Called. We are called to, to follow. We're called to serve. We're called to lead. And, and this week we're called to tell our story. And this, this story is critical and important. That We have to understand that if we don't tell our story, we are in trouble. Because the story is the most important part of our lives and a most important part of our witness, our testimony, our story to this world. Um, you have a once upon a time story. And I know some of you are thinking, well, well you know, I'm not Jeff. I, I, I didn't go through a drug addiction. You know, I gave up M&Ms when I was five. You know, I've been in church all my life and I'm just not a, I'm not a bad person, so I don't have a story. Well, Jeff wasn't a bad person either. He's just a sinner like all of us, right? But here's the power of this, this reality is that um, we all have the miracle of salvation. We ha all have the miracle of salvation. And maybe you just haven't come in touch with the reality of what kind of miracle that is. We celebrated it when we received communion. Jesus Years ago, when Adam and Eve sinned, the plan of redemption was already in motion. And Jesus, thousands of years later, gave his life. And prophecy after prophecy before he ever gave his life came to be. And, and those, those prophecies were realized in Christ. Christ died on a cross. He was born of a virgin. That's a miracle all by itself. Right? I mean, you guys get that? Okay, that's a simple biological thing that's going on there. It's, it's, it's easy to... It, that's a miracle. And then he dies on a cross, and then the biggest miracle of all is when he rises, raises from the dead. And he's alive today. And that gives you and I hope. And that story that you've experienced is yours. 
And God wants to use that story to make a difference in, the, in, in your life and in the lives of people around us. One of the most powerful truths of any church is its story. And when we start telling our story, and I'm not talking about the building, I'm not talking about Journey Church, I'm talking about you church. The power of this church, you individuals, is your story and what God wants to do with it. So why do we hesitate to tell our story? Because we believe quite often that we have nothing to tell. We believe that quite often we have nothing to tell. And what worries me is that we aren't connecting what God has done in our life with the power of Christ in our life. You see, he has radically changed you. If you said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. I'm turning away from my sin. And now I am going to follow you. And you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible tells us, first of all, that your sins are forgiven. But you have become a new creation. And the scary part is maybe we've gotten so used to the idea that, oh, I'm going to heaven, that we've forgotten what has really happened in our lives. And we stop talking about it. The, the reality is, is that most new Christians are the best evangelists for two reasons. One, they're excited about what's happened to them. And two, they still have non-Christian friends. You realize that? Most of us stop telling our story because we don't have anybody to tell it to. Nobody's interested anymore. All the friends I have are Christians, and, and as a result, they don't need to hear my story again. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's why we exist to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. That's the mission of this church. And if we aren't engaging in that mission, then we're missing opportunities. Most of us, um, many of you are working in secular settings. You're in a prime place to be a missionary. Prime place to be a missionary. If you're not telling your story there, something's missing. Maybe you've lost excitement. Maybe you've lost hope for those that are lost. Maybe you, you're, you're afraid to share that story, which is a, lo- a large part of why people don't share their stories anymore, especially in today's world, kind of the hostility towards faith, those kinds of things. You're not sure how to defend it. You're not sure how to, to, to say, yeah, this is a reality in my life. Well, your story can't be denied. You don't have to know how the Bible came about. You don't have to know all these other little details that go on. All you have to know is what Jesus has genuinely done in your life. Your story is the power to change the world. That's the truth. Now, here's another reason you may not be sharing your faith and why you may not have a Journey Church sticker on your window is because there's not a lot of transformation that's happened right here. Maybe you're living a double life. Maybe you're living a life that you're not proud of and you're afraid to tell anyone that you know Jesus. You're afraid to misrepresent him. You're afraid that Jesus might strike you dead. (laughs) Whatever the case may be. That was a little heavy, huh? Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit's talking to some people right now because it's our job to represent him. And if our life isn't transforming, isn't progressing, isn't becoming more like Christ, then I understand why you're afraid to share your faith. But the reality is, is that we need to understand what Jesus has done, can do, 
is doing and will do as he transforms us. All of us, all of us in this room, saved and unsaved, have an opportunity to be completely transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we yield our lives to him. And when we give in and we say, Jesus, take, pardon the pun or pardon the cliche, but Jesus, take the wheel, then that's when change happens. And we have to release. We have to let go. We have to say, Jesus, I'm all yours. We have to be all in. We have to be that follower that says, I'm all in, Jesus. I'm not looking back. I'm not trying to gain something from behind. I'm looking forward and I'm following you and you alone. Are you with me? There has to be this transformed life. And I, I get it. If you're not putting the Jesus sticker on your own life, it simply might be that you're afraid that you're not the best representation of him. First of all, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be in progress. Right? Amen. Right? Come on. God wants to use you. And when you, when you hear Jeff's story, you're like, oh, man, that's amazing. It's amazing. I wish I had that story. You do. Because the same Jesus that saved him saved you. If you, if you gave up, if, you, if, if the worst you gave up was M&M's when you were five, you have, you have a story that says God protected me from all that stuff. God helped me get beyond that stuff. God put me in a, in a unique situation where I was able to grow and have a, a strong faith in my life. There's miracles and miracles that, that have kept you. I mean, I don't drink because I don't like to throw up. Let me, let me just make sense of that story. God gave me a fear of throwing up so I wouldn't drink. I, all I heard from my friends is, oh, man, I just puked my guts out. Oh, man. And, and I'm like, I'm not drinking. I would walk around at a party as a teenager with a beer in my hand, but I would not drink that thing for fear I would throw up. Do you think that that is a good, that was a God thing? That was my grandma praying for my salvation. That was my grandma saying... <clears throat> Yeah, there's things that have happened throughout our lives that kept us from going places that would have ruined us. And for those that have gone through those things, God has brought you out of those things, which is powerful. It's your story. You're transformed, and that's what God does. That's what God does. He can't take anything away from you. And what he does is when you share your story like Jeff just did, he anoints that story with his power and it transforms people. It goes, man, I can relate to that. Your story will relate to somebody, will tell somebody that, hey, I'm just like you. And God can make a difference in your life like he's made a difference in my life. That's the power of it. Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says this. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. So what <laughs> the disciples were asking is, when are you going to come and rule and reign on the earth? And Jesus said, it's not for us to know that right now, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he's basically saying, hey, don't sit around and wait for the kingdom. Go be witnesses. The word actually is martis. It's, it's the same word we use for martyr. Go and give yourselves, go and tell your story 
about what I've done for you so that we can see the world reach for Christ. The word power here is the same word we use for dynamite, dunamis, which is, is, is that you will receive power, you will receive dynamite, you will see, receive power in your life to share your story. So sharing your story isn't just up to you, it's up to the power of the Holy Spirit in you that wants to get out of you but it's too often because we're hindered by our fear, we're hindered by our, our, our lack of, of confidence in ourselves, we're hindered for some reason not sharing our story. The Holy Spirit's like going, I want out, I want out. And as soon as we tell our story, the Holy Spirit goes, Boosh. I guarantee you when you start telling your story, when you start sharing what God has done for you. When you get excited about your faith, that's why we've been talking so much about the, our vision right now is to help people understand what should we be excited about? Well, you need to be excited about Jesus first, excited about your church second, and excited about your own life and what's going on in your life. And as you do, you will begin to share your story, invite people to church, and God will continue to grow and we'll continue to reach people for Jesus. Amen? That's the way it works. That's the way church works. We can do all the social media stuff. We can do all the marketing things. We can do all that from here. But that's not the best way to grow the church. The church needs to grow because we're excited about who we serve. What difference he's made in our lives and our story makes that different. Too many people are waiting for a miracle moment. Too many people are waiting for this dynamic power, the power of the Holy Spirit, to do something crazy in your life. You're waiting for the lame to walk or the blind to see or the, you're waiting for those things. That's not the way it's going to happen. Yes, those things can make church very exciting. Those things can, can uh, uh, happen and people are like, whoa, there's crazy things happening over there. You see that blind guy, he can see now. He can, that lame guy, he can walk now. Those are cool, really cool things. And, and I, I'm not playing down the value of miracles, but if you're waiting for a miracle to happen so you can invite someone to come and see a miracle, that's not it. You are the miracle. The miracle is you. The miracle is me. The miracle is the power that God has done to, to deliver us from our sin, to give us the hope of eternity, and to have a full-time relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the miracle. The miracles happened. The death and resurrection of Jesus. That, there's no greater miracle that can happen because the, the blind guy is going to die. The lame person who gets up and walks is going to die. That death is still going to happen. Well, what happens after that is the key. And we have to understand that that part of the story is more important than the, than the miracle of the lame and the blind and all these other things that can happen. Now, are those things great? Now, are those things possible? Yes. And I don't have time to go into why I don't think those are happening as much now as they used to. But I'll tell you this one thing. They only happen for the glory of the Lord, not for the comfort of the believer. And not for show. They're not for show. God wants glory. He wants to shine bright. He wants to be the focal point. When miracles happen, that's why they happen. It's because he's showing up to show himself. Not anybody else, not anything else. He's only doing them to show Himself, And I, I think that in, the Amer in America especially, too many of those things become shows and don't become about the glory of God. I don't have enough 
time to talk about that anymore. But we are the miracle. We are the one who is shining the bright light of Jesus Christ, who has changed us, who has molded us, who has forgiven us, who has set us free, who is transforming us into his image and becoming more like him every day. He's the one who gets us through the difficult times and makes a difference. There's a, a, a term in, in business called differentiation. It's what you, you can, like uh, Burger King and McDonald's, there's something that makes them different from each other, and that's differentiation. And what is going to shine bright in our world today is the differentiation between this human and this human. If this human doesn't have Jesus and this human does have Jesus, but they don't have a different experience, why go there? But if this person who has Jesus is living joyful, joy-filled life, even though they're going through the same things that this person is going through, then there's a difference. I say this often. I say we don't live different lives. We just live life differently. And when we live life differently because of Jesus in our lives, then that story becomes real and powerful and, and attractive to the people around you. They're looking at you going, man, what's different about you? You're going through the same stuff we're going through. We all went through COVID together, but why did you come out all happy and, and excited and, and full of faith? And I'm sitting here back here going, oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going, all going through the same inflationary experiences. We're all, all going through the same cultural weirdness of our country right now. How, how are you guys full of joy? And I'm not because Jesus is in my life. America doesn't define me. In fact, let me tell you my story. Mark chapter 5, verse 18 is a cool story. As Jesus was getting in the, into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. So Jesus had landed on this shore. This demon-possessed guy that no one could control was, uh, approached Jesus. Jesus cast the demons out of this guy, and uh, this guy was like uh, completely transformed. He's completely delivered from all the demons that were in him. Now Jesus is getting ready to leave and he wants to go with Jesus. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What? Go tell your story. So the man went away and began to tell in the, in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. Go and tell your story. Go home and to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. When was the last time that you were able to tell your story to someone who didn't know what Jesus can do? We're called to tell our story. Mark chapter 7 Verse 31 says, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. He gave him wet willies. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Ugh. And he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, which uh, be opened. 
At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. Why? Because Jesus was not ready to start fighting all the, all the, the, the opposition that, that was on his, on his way. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. Have we forgotten what Jesus did for us? Is that why we're not talking about it? Is that why the church is relatively quiet? We don't have to get into the political realm of things. We think, oh, if I'm a Christian, i got to go protest somewhere. If I'm, if I'm a Christian, i got to stand up for something. Most of us stand up for things that... Uh, the world, uh, we tell the world what we're against rather than what we're for. I'm for the deliverance of sin. I'm for the salvation of souls. I'm for the, for the, the deliverance of those that are addicts. I'm for the deliverance of those marriages that are broken that can be healed because Jesus brings forgiveness into them. I'm for those things. Amen. I don't have to be against a whole bunch of things just to stand up for Jesus. Amen. But the more he did so, the more he kept talking about it. The more they kept talking about it. We need to talk. We're called to tell our stories. Mark 1, verse 40 says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. In other words, he was frustrated that this man was like, If I'm willing? What? I'm willing. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was clean. Jesus went, sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Yes, it was a miracle. Yes, this man with leprosy, this unclean individual. There's so much in this story that we could focus on. But the reality is simply this, is that Jesus crossed all cultural lines and said, I am willing. He touches the leper. And instead of making him unclean, Jesus makes the leper clean. Your story can cross any cultural line. It can go anywhere with you. It can go into any setting, any circumstance, any situation, talk to any individual. And as a result, that story can draw people to Jesus. Amen. This man went away. I kind of envision it like this. He kind of went away and he got his cloak because um, lepers always wore hoodies. And he put his hoodie over his head and he went back. And instead of going to the priest, like Jesus said, he went to his leper colony and he walks in, and he walks in real slow, just like he always did, because he's afraid of losing skin or losing fingers or losing toes. And he walks into his leper colony, and everybody's kind of going, hey, what's going on with Joe? He's acting kind of weird. He's keeping his hood down, and he's keeping his hands in, and he's walking kind of weird. And Joe, what's going on? He's waiting for a little crowd to gather. What's wrong with Joe? What's wrong with Joe? All of a sudden, Joe goes, I got fingers! 
Look at that. I'm set free from the disease. Ah! And he starts telling everybody, guess what happened? Jesus healed me. And that was a leper healing revival that day. God changed a whole bunch of people. Jesus met people, healed people, delivered people. And that's what happens when we tell our story. Do you have fingers? Have you been set free? Have you been given life? Do you have a joy that doesn't stop just because circumstances are bad? Do you have something going on in your heart that you must tell people about? If you're like me, man, I find a new restaurant that I love, that I love the flavor of. I'm all about it. I'm telling everybody, go here, go there, eat, eat, eat. We have to have far more passion about that than (laughs) about our faith than, than our food, right? Oh, Jesus just convicted me. We have to. We have to understand that if we don't tell our story, nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's a very, very important passage of Scripture in Romans. In Romans verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 12, it says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love that passage because it just breaks down every discriminatory uh, context that there is in the church. We should never discriminate against anyone because all people deserve to be saved. All people are called to accept Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior, and everybody should be treated equally. Verse 14, how then... Can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring a defense for Scripture. doesn't say that. How beautiful are those who can uh, work miracles. doesn't say that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. The simple story of how Jesus saved you. It's the same for all of us. I was convicted of my sin. I was told that Jesus loved me regardless of my sin that there was nothing that could keep him from loving me. As I found that out, I realized that Jesus was real and that he makes a difference in my life. And he came in and he forgave me as I confessed my sin to him. He forgave me and I repented of it. I walked away and I started seeing my life change and the joy factor in my life continued to grow. And, And I had friends that made a difference in my life and they encouraged me to do good things instead of bad things. I saw this change happening in my life and I believed in the resurrection. So now not only do I live for today, but I live knowing that I will spend eternity with Jesus forever. That's my hope. That's my joy. That takes me beyond any circumstance that I face on this planet. And as a result, I am committed to follow him for the rest of my life. And I'm committed to do everything I can to share my story with you. 
How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're all called to tell our story. I've told mine many times from this pulpit. My grandma prayed for me, told her not to pray for me. I became a Christian when a friend shared his home with me and I had to go to church. And finally at church, I finally realized Jesus was real. Finally confessed my sin to him. Finally committed to follow him. Finally he made a difference in my life. And I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but the power of the Holy Spirit has made the change in me. And I love telling the story to people. I love telling what God's done for me. I love building that interest in people, hanging around people that don't have faith and just letting them see my life live. Sometimes I'm not a, I'm not a street preacher. I'm not like sitting on the corner going, hey, everybody, repent of your sin. I'm not, I'm not that guy. God hasn't called me to that kind of ministry. Some people are. It's not me. But I, I like to live my faith and my life around people that don't have faith so they see a difference. I'm not afraid to put the Jesus sticker on my life, on my car, whatever it takes to, to get the message out that there's a difference in me and I hope and pray that, that what they see. I'm the long game guy. I like to live relationally my, my faith and, those, and, and it's okay to do that. But as soon as I get an opportunity to tell my story, man, I'm all over it. Because that's what Jesus, that's what the Holy Spirit uses to make a difference. And he will make a difference through you, in you, and do something great out of this whole effort to, to share our story. We are called to share our story. Everybody, not just the apostles, not just the pastors, everybody in the church is called to tell our story. Here's what I loved about Je Jeff's story. This is who I was. This is how it came about, where I, I accepted Jesus, and this is the change that it made after. That's as simple as it was. It wasn't complicated. It didn't have a whole bunch of theological talk in it. Well, I'm sanctified now, and I'm justified, and I'm excited about the eschatology opportunities that I have now, and using all this. No. God's made a difference in my life. I'm going to heaven. I'm excited about that. Doesn't, you don't need all that crazy language and crazy talk and all that stuff. We just need to tell what Jesus has done. And I want to encourage you today. We are called to follow. We are called to serve. We are called to lead. And we are called to tell our story. And I want to encourage you today. Get your story together. Get your stuff together. Understand what Jesus has done for you. It's been explained here but the altar call is not to come here and, and have some dynamic experience because you've already, for those of you that have already accepted Jesus, you've already had the dynamic experience. You're the miracle. Your story is it. And people need to hear it. And people want to hear it. And people want to see the difference and know the difference and know that there's something powerful in, in when people accept Jesus Christ and life can be different when we have the confidence and trust in eternity and in a Jesus that's always with us. What's your story? Go home. Write it out. Tell somebody. Get your phone. Record it. Send it to your kids. Send it to your cousins. Send it to your aunts and uncles. Send it to the most heathen person you can find. 
because Jesus will use it. It's not up to you. All you got to do is tell your story. The rest of it is up to the Holy Spirit. You don't save people. You don't convict people. The Holy Spirit does all that. Now it's just time to get it out there. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just thank you so much that you have called us to tell our story. We thank you for our story. Thank you for making a difference in our lives. And thank you for putting people in our lives to help make that difference. Thank you for your word that shapes our thinking and our thoughts and our worldview and our perspective. Thank you, God, for allowing us to know that you are a miracle worker, that you have taken our sin and you have forgiven it. And you've given us the promise of eternal life by raising from the dead. Lord, we can't expect any more of a miracle than that. And I thank you for it, Lord. I praise you for it. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would just move right now in us and through us, that you would give us the passion to share our story with those around us. Lord, show us the opportunities. Help us not to be afraid of those opportunities, but help us to open the door to faith in you through our story to those that don't have a story yet. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would engulf us like you did in the the book of Acts. When the power of, of your Spirit was poured out, Peter told the story, he told the gospel story, and thousands of people came to you. Lord, if we have the privilege of leading one or thousands to you, we just pray that you give us the privilege of being a part of your mission, a part of your plan, a transforming part of this world so that we can bring others to you with our story. Lord, I believe that you are calling each individual in this room to tell their story to at least one person this week. I pray that you help people do that. I pray that you open those doors. I pray that you give us eyes to see the opportunities. Give us eyes to to see the, the door that you're opening up. And with boldness and with the power of the Holy Spirit, help us, God, to share our story. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.